Oh, good day, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Uh, not a bad result this week, even though it was another loss. There were some good signs. Um, we're uh, heading in the right direction, I think. So uh, without any further ado, let's crack right in and get to it, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, how are we? Uh, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, thank you to Maka and Nikki for joining us as well. G'day, guys. How are you going? Well, ladies first, Nikki. <laughs> oh, Nikki, now you as well. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm just laughing at that. Um, and so I'm, it begins. I'm quite well. I'm quite well. <laughs> uh, me, and, uh, me too, me too. Glad to be here. Very good. Uh, apologies for the slightly late uh, start. As you, it wouldn't be a crowcast if there weren't technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Completely and utterly. And uh, my little automatic screen switcher that I have on my phone is uh, not operational because my phone is not operational <laughs> as of about lunchtime today, which is uh, lovely. Oh no, actually lunchtime yesterday, to be honest. So uh, it might be a little bit clunky, but. Uh, tons to talk about tons to show you today we've got some video analysis graph work the charts work Macca and Nikki it's just an absolute sensation um so uh look welcome to everyone that's on uh discord uh Vardy JMac um uh, everyone that's joined us on Facebook and of course YouTube as well and uh, also one or two on Twitch which is always good um, don't forget, uh, you can join in the Discord chat on aflcrowcast.com if you just go to the live chat link and follow your nose. Um, and uh, otherwise, let's get to it. Um, Maka, what do you think about the weekend's uh, Crows result before we get too far into it? Yeah, well, without going into great detail, I was saying off air to Nikki before the game that I wasn't really that upset with our performance considering we were playing what is a good side. Yep. And I did see uh, flashes of uh, good football, not consistently, but flashes of it, and in a slightly different direction than how we've been playing over the last few weeks. In other words, a little bit of a lift off the defence side of things and uh, a lot more uh, urgency to move the ball out of the back lines into the forward lines. And, look, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit foreign to the game plan at the moment and uh, obviously it comes unstuck at times. But uh, I think overall... Um, I thought it was probably uh, close to our best loss for the year. Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, a, a similar kind of um, scenario is that we, we saw some really nice some flashes there. I did like there was a couple of moves made, like seeing Stengel in the middle as part of that rotation. Um, I I was quite excited to see Macassie actually start up forward. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, Fiend, Fiend! <laughs> Um, I thought of you immediately, yep. and then we didn't really use him. Um, <laughs> correct. That's correct, too. Yeah. Uh, 
So we've still got some of the same old, same old problems, but there were, as you said back, there were some nice move, movements of play. Um, we just can't capitalise up forward. We've still got some issues around there, but um, we'll break that down in a, in a bit. But, yeah, I wasn't as angry about this game as I was last week. And you, Faye? Uh, look, not too bad. Um, could have been better. Uh, look, I thought it was a bit kamikaze, uh, but I thought there was some effort. And, um, yes. you know, that's all we can ask. It, it wasn't well, a blowout. We got beaten yeah. by a far stronger team. Um, but he did but mix it up a little quarter. bit. Yeah, More of a quarter effort. Yep, and apologies to people on bloody YouTube because, uh, or and Facebook for that matter, because I had to up, update my uh, or restart my computer and it lost the title. So, Macro and Nikki, you just keep talking for a second while I update this title. <laughs> okay, you update that uh, title, mate. And uh, as I've always said, I can talk under water with a mouthful of marbles, Nikki. So you don't have to even say anything, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's an interesting thing because I thought with. Uh, just noticed in the chat there was a combination that uh, one of the guys there said that they were happy with the young guys, but you know the seniors not so good. And yeah. uh, and there were some exceptions to that, of course, because I thought Smith played possibly his best game for the year. Um, right. And uh, and you know a couple of the other boys didn't do too badly, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the back line out um, in terms of our seniors in the back lines. I think they're they're battling um, and they're actually doing not too bad considering. Oh, the, I'd like to nominate one. Said I know who. I know who you're going to nominate. You do it every week, um, but I, I agree. I think I I will end on a positive, and then you can do the negative. Okay. Um, but I do agree that that the young guys and what we're seeing, particularly their willingness to take on the player and to do that run, um, particularly Hamill and Jones, is. I'm really enjoying watching their development. That's exciting, Nikki, and I totally agree with you on those two. Yep, that's um, I, very I true. That, that, that they actually, and we did take the game on, and you know, at times they stuffed up by taking it on. But that's the only way they're going to learn how to take it on and when to take it on. If you don't ever do it, it never happens. And so, from my point of view, I'm very happy with that. Um, Hardigan, well, yeah, that's the one I wanted to criticise in the back line because, unfortunately, he's still Hardigan. Let, you know, let's like, Macca, let's not get. Get to specifics. You know the rules. I do know the rules, but he I just does, but ignores them every week. He, he's I just padding out. No, he's padding out, which is what I asked him to do. So I can't complain about that. Yeah, but yep. he does that even when you don't ask him to do it. <laughs> anyway, look, Nikki, let's just shut up, Nikki. Let, let's uh, shut up. Let's <laughs> let's straighten up and just go through the weekend's results, shall we? First of all, and. Uh, on Thursday night, it was Geelong giving Brisbane a bit of a touch-up in the end. 11-7-73 to Brisbane, 6 goals, 10-46 there, a margin of 27 points. Uh, Disappointing game, actually, to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. I expected more from Brisbane, um, but really, um, I, I don't rate Geelong as highly as, as that. Um, and does that tell me that perhaps Brisbane aren't as high as people have been rating them? Um, because Geelong were Brisbane have been... Put- I think Brisbane have been benefiting from playing at home, uh, but yeah. I think so of Geelong. Yeah. Um, I was – so I actually – it's one of the few games I watched on the weekend and I went home at halftime because I was bored. I thought it was a – it was a horrible spectacle of a game. You it went just, home? I'm like – well, Did I was you go down to Geelong, did you? 
<laughs> I was at my parents. <laughs> I <hate> uh, <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I'm going home. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit here for another hour <laughs> and put up with this shit. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Um, on Friday night, we had Collingwood, a very disappointing Hawthorne. Collingwood, 8 goals, 11.59. Hawthorne, 3.9.27. A margin there of 32 points. And uh, Clarkson's got a bit of work to do with Hawthorne, I reckon. Well, he hasn't got much, I don't think, there to work with, really, uh, because he's hung on to some t- uh, players too long, in my opinion. And uh, he's got players in from other teams, like Patton, who broke down, unfortunately for him. Um, uh, Mitchell, who gets a lot of the ball, but doesn't do a lot with it. Um, Warples there, weren't they? Young, young, young star. But they haven't got a lot of other young stars there at all because they've traded away their draft picks and brought these other blokes in. He's not going to get a premiership with that lot there. So I think he's, he's, he's played his cards wrong. And you're quite right; they're not they're not a really great side. He squeezes the most out of them. But when they came up, when he did come, uh, when they came up against a good side in Collingwood, who I thought really should have beaten by more. Uh, well, then they get shown up. Yeah, uh, look, I think he's just uh, run out of luck in terms of bringing uh, new blokes in, and a lot of the ring-ins that he's brought in, they're aging now. Uh, they're up. They showed yep. a, a graphic on on uh, the TV today about their over thirties, and they are quite an old team now. And um, I, I think. Uh, he knows it. I think he's made some strange comments, Clarkson, uh, over the last few weeks uh, regarding being a middle-of-the-road team. Um, so he's certainly letting his board know that he thinks that they're a middle-of-the-road squad and he's also letting his squad know that he thinks they're a middle-of-the-road squad. Not necessarily a uh, motivational thing to say, but we know Alistair Clarkson, uh, there's, there's always a, a, a method in the madness. Well, yeah, and, you know, I think he actually probably had recognised that this this squad has run its race. And uh, from I don't think from his point of view that he uh, he knows he can't win a flag. So would he be doing the same thing? Like in other words, we'll just go through the motions of the season now and just see what we, what's going to happen? Cause, um, or do you think he would still have aspirations to play in the, in the finals and, and well, hopefully snag something? Well... Mate, I think it's a bit of a cop-out. They've spent a lot of time and money getting uh, the two boys in the midfield in, and uh, then they brought in Patton. Uh, yep. I think it's a cop-out. I think it's, uh, I think it's a little bit of poor squad management, and I think they're, they've got a bit of a hole between their stars and their ageing players. Oh, very much so. Um, very so, much so. Uh, anyway. And, they've, and, what and what they've also done with a lot of the time, they're bringing in these players who were highly reluctant rated elsewhere but had injury problems yeah they didn't manage to get them for a bargain basement price and you know what one of them had to keep keep breaking down it, it oh yeah. yeah they couldn't they've been exceedingly lucky and they kind of and there's a lot of talk around oh you know it's their great injury management and everything else it's like yeah but one of them had to be a failure at least one and they've started to get it and also with those those types of players now getting older they're going to get more of the injuries as well. Yeah, agreed. Um, Fremantle having a good win over a disappointing St Kilda. Uh, Fremantle 12-7-79, St Kilda 11-7-73. I margin there are six points. I saw a fantastic tweet that was reposted on Bigfooty uh, today uh, from a St Kilda supporter that said, when I die, I'm going to ask the St Kilda Football Club to lower me into my grave. 
just so they can let <laughs> just just so they can let me down one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I can Fantastic. You know, if you're a St Kilda supporter, you, you've been lowered into the grave a number of times already. That was farcical. I think they kicked, at one stage, I think the score was seven goals to one uh, in favour of the Saints against uh, Frio. And Frio won that game, and I, and I will take my, my hat off to Longmuir, who's the, the coach of Frio, that, that he's got those boys um, really giving, passing their boilers to play good uh, good footy. They aren't a great side, Frio. There's not, they don't no, have a great not. side. But they are hard, bloody workers, uh, really hard workers. That's why they beat us. Uh, and that's why they, they won that particular game. They came from nowhere. They just kept working and working and, and at it. And they lost their ruckman who'd been hit in the head and uh, there'll be a report there and a suspension. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, all credit for, to Frio and all credit to the coach. He's got them really trying. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne, 12 80 uh, The Suns would be disappointed with that result. Uh, uh, 9-9-63, a margin there of 17 points. Melbourne would be a team that if the Suns are to rise up the ladder, they need to beat, and uh, I felt that they were just not on it. And the only well, highlight, really, for the Suns was the was the debut of uh, the uh, next uh, Adelaide Rankin. recruit, Isaac Rankin. <laughs> well, he is a gunner. He's just a star. I mean, he, he, to play as he did in his first game... Was, unbelievable. He was... It was actually a joy to watch him, actually, because he, mm. he's just got so many tricks. He's got heaps of tricks. And he's yeah. going to have a very good AFL career, barring injury. You know, That's the only thing that can stop this guy from being a star. Um, yeah. But you, if the Gold Coast... I don't know that they played as well as they have been. And and I think part of that was really because Gorn in the ruck was very, very good. And uh, Petrarca, the new Petrarca, the one that's actually got a few kilos off his ass and his guts and can run around a lot better. And I, and I thought Petrarca was you know, one of the dominant players on the ground. And really, I thought in the midfield is really where um, uh, Melbourne won the game. Uh, Melbourne did make every effort to lose the game, as they oh, always yeah. do. Yeah. But, but at the end, uh, they lost. They, they, didn't get, they didn't succeed in losing the game, and they end up winning. Just a question without notice, both of you. Did we try hard enough to get in on the Lacocious Rankin party? Did we no. try hard enough we, in 2018? No, I don't think we did. We failed miserably, miserably. I'll tell you what, between Luco, Rankin and, and uh, Rosie, and you could probably even chuck a couple more in there, Haitley, um, Valente, a couple of others. 2018 should have been the start of our rebuild and to see those kids running around and Lukosh has had a really good game as well and he's really developing nicely I reckon um, as Rankin's a defender, gonna, yep yeah uh, but a bit of a bit of a swingman Mac I don't I think he's got a couple of strings to his bow um, young Lukosh and I think he's going to be pretty good Rosie we know and now Rankin on board as well uh, I, re- I read a um, a post from our good friend Peter Jay on Big Footy um, mentioning that, you know, we were tracking those kids since under-15s and we just, we should have made 2018 the draft to target to rebuild our list and the fact that we, the fact that we didn't and the fact that we missed so much talent as a consequence... Uh, we had you know, a massive currency then, so we could have oh, traded as well. That's right. We're, that's right. We, we overrated our list. We overrated our list, Mac, and uh, we went a season too long. 
to me that's poor list management um, our squad had been going had been up since you know probably 2014 the majority of that squad um, that and you know we had the hiccup with Phil and all the rest of it I understand that but really uh, 2018 we should have been thinking okay we're going to start turning this over and the fact that we didn't we see those kids running around um, that really grinds my gears and I reckon it set our regeneration back a couple of years yeah, I was actually going to raise this topic, Clean, and uh, after we've done a, a look at our game, if you don't mind me just raising this topic in, in, in a particular right. aspect, though. Okay. Yep. Um, Essendon overcame North Melbourne, 9-13-67 to 7-11-53, a margin there of uh, 14 points. I didn't watch that game, did either of you? No, didn't see, didn't care. No. Um, Port uh, got up over GWSG. GWS would be disappointed with that, 9-9-63 to 6-10-46. A margin there of uh, what's that? Seventeen points. Uh, did you guys watch that? Yeah, um, very very disappointed. Family here, Port Adelaide Barracks, the bastards. Oh, uh, and anyhow, uh, and they're nice people. Um, but uh, watching nice? it, Port Adelaide just worked their ass off, and uh, and I thought, in terms of the quality of the game, it was a disgraceful quality. And I'm not sure uh, if anybody else watched it. Uh, was it was it, had they had brain and was it slippery or something? Because the way that they just couldn't handle the ball, the kicking was poor, marking was poor. Um, it wasn't a high quality game, but it was a very intense game. And uh, Whitfield was outstanding for uh, GWS, but um, Cornelio not so much. And the other Kelly who's supposed to be the other star not so much. And it really, and that's where their midfield um, I actually think got beaten by Port Adelaide's midfield. And that and be, they uh, Port did the right thing. They rejuvenated their midfield instead of having two slow people in there. Um, they dropped one and they brought in Houston, who's got legs and can run. And uh, uh, the mix of midfield was so much better. And I think mm. that's probably where they won it. I thought GWS overall were very very disappointing. This a lot of their talents just not firing at the moment, and it's mainly in the engine room. And once you're yeah. not winning the engine room, you don't win the game. Yeah, no, I agree. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and speaking of weather, Richmond four ten thirty four, Sydney three eight twenty six. Wow, yeah. that's a what good a advertisement for the game. game that was. Hell. Well, has, has Richmond actually played a game that's been interesting this year at all? No, no, they haven't. No. no. Anyway, I don't want to talk about them. Um, at the moment, Carlton ten six sixty six, leading Bulldogs seven six forty eight. The Bulldogs must have. Uh, Got their asses into gear because they were trailing a little bit more than that earlier in the night. Um, what are we, about 23 minutes into the third quarter? So we'll keep an eye on that game for people who care. Not necessarily out of it because the Bulldogs are generally good finishers. Um, so are Carlton to some degree. So yeah. um, it could be an interesting finish, but nobody yep. really cares. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, that's, the, that's the scores. Um, let's have a look at the ladder if I can get my... Uh, self-organised here. Uh, right. Well, I can tell you where we, we are, <laughs> Yeah, I know <laughs> where we are. That's we right. are. And we once again, we are. You have pick one? Okay, I'm happy. Well, we got to... Uh, we, 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 we should be called the Colossus because we're always holding the rest yeah. of the ladder up. Well, uh, <laughs> the, it's Adelaide Bookends no, at the moment. I do Adelaide. Atlas. Adelaide bookends with Port Adelaide on top uh, with five wins. Geelong, Brisbane and Essendon on four. Um, Essendon obviously a game in hand because of that earlier cancellation. 
um, yeah. Collingwood, Richmond, and St Kilda on three. Western Bulldogs, the wild card there. They're playing at the moment on three. The Suns just out of the eight on three, along with the Giants, the Weagles, and the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, the Dockers on two, along with Carlton, obviously playing at the moment. Melbourne, North Melbourne, who'd be disappointed uh, with that after a strong start. Sydney, Sydney, and Adelaide on 52.96%, not even looking like it at this stage. No, I think our Danes games next week against St Kilda. I'm scared we might win one, but um, <laughs> uh, I don't want at this stage. I just want that pick one. You know, it's a stuffed up season. It's a totally stuffed up season, and uh, we've we are in the process of rebuilding. What better way to rebuild and get come in with some beautiful draft picks at the end of the season? Play, well, play our young boy through there. No, don't make sure we get the the wooden spoon and get the number one draft pick. Get the best kid in the land. I, I just don't think there's any danger. Uh, I don't think there's any <laughs> danger, Maco. I really don't. Uh, we always manage to shoot ourselves in the foot uh, somehow. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, wait, round wait, six wait results. Wait for the AFL to give priority pick to another team so that they can have pick one, not us. No, well, I was going to say, if we win zero wins for the season, we should no. have a priority pick. Oh, don't be stupid. I know. Don't, but don't be stupid. Uh, West Coast 10-7-67, defeated Adelaide 5-4-34, a margin of 33 points uh, at various stages. We were sort of there and thereabouts, but uh, never really looked like uh, winning after the Wiggles sort of, you know, woke up. Um, Overall, I thought, overall... There were a couple of puzzling uh, selections. Uh, the inclusion of David McKay um, was just absolutely pointless, in my opinion. No disrespect to David, but uh, he, he gave he us he, he, he gave did us what on and carry where other players were not. Yeah, that's that's all fine and well and good, Nick. That's all fine. We know what we're going to get from David. We're going to get a couple of good runs. We're going to get a ton of effort. Um, but we're not going to get any hurt factor whatsoever. And uh, we got exactly David's uh, career average disposals. Um, <laughs> He's consistent. Yes, that's right. And that's my point. Well, we know what well, we're going to. Yeah. We know what we're going to get from David. What the people that we don't. The people. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. The people that we don't know. Who, what we're going to get from is uh, a young lad called Shoal. Yes, we don't know what we're going to get from him. Um, we don't know what we're going to get from Miles Baholke because he only gets a game here and there, and then he's ditched. Um, the inclusion of David McKay was an absolute howler, in my opinion. Again, no disrespect to David, and I thought he had a reasonable game. But the thing is, we he has those games more often than not. We know what we're going to get. He's not in our next premiership team. If Rashido's going to banter around in the in public that we got rid of players because they're not in our next premiership team, then the same should apply to blokes like David McKay, and it should only be in there for injury insurance. Kyle Hardigan's another one. We don't know what Geordie Butts is going to give us because we haven't seen him. Right. We know what Kyle Hardigan's going to give us. He's going to give us a fair contest. He's going to have some good moments. He tackles hard, he spoils well, and he turns the ball over like a bloody crazy man. And that's yeah. exactly what we got again. 
We yeah, got that again. There was absolutely not one surprise in Kyle Hardigan's game. And again, no disrespect to Kyle, none whatsoever. But we got no surprises from Kyle Hardigan. We got exactly what we always get. Effort, good, strong on the ground, reasonable in the air, terrible by hand and foot, cost us at least one goal. Uh, yes. Actually, two. Cost, cost us two goals, actually. Um, meanwhile, Geordie Butts, who knows what he's going to bring. He could be bloody terrible, but until we play him, we don't know. Miles Baholke is another one. Sorry, Mac, I'll get off my high horse in a second. Miles Baholke is another one. Why the hell was that kid dropped to bring in Matt Crouch? Matt Crouch had been dropped uh, for lack of effort, um, a poor form, lack of confidence. He goes back and has one practice game. Miles Baholke, in the meantime, plays a serviceable game against Fremantle, uh, showed a few glimpses, and seemed to warm into the game the further it went. Why doesn't Miles Baholke get a run at it in his position, which is running through the midfield? I don't understand. Because what we got from Matt was what we've been getting from Matt now for nearly 12 months, which is uh, slow um, turnovers... And no disrespect to Matt Crouch, because I felt like he actually put in a lot of effort. He, I, When I was doing the video analysis, he did a lot of running, Matt Crouch, but it was to get into to get into uh, spots. But his well, defensive running was atrocious, and every time he got the ball, he burnt it, which is well, what I'm we've been to, getting from Matt. Say, though, Fanny, he was trying to use the ball differently originally, and then he reverted back to his old being... Uh, Matty Crouch with little kicks, but he was trying to kick long early, um, witnessed by the fact he just kicked long straight onto the chest of the opposition. But um, I, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't against Matt Crouch being uh, brought back in. On what basis, uh, Smacker? On I what am. basis? On the basis that you've got to have at least a core of players that can actually play the game. And so, and what's, what's Brad and what's Brad well, and Sloan? At least have my say, and then you can no, then you can kill me afterwards. <laughs> uh, but the point is, if we put 18 juniors on the oval and they just got their butts kicked to pieces all the time, you're not going to help anybody whatsoever. Really? You're actually... Can I just finish this, please? And, <laughs> and all you're going to do is destroy their confidence. Now you have a, so therefore, you have a mixture of experienced hands and yeah. a mixture of juniors. Of and now, it's a question of who is the experienced hand and who is the juniors. And, yes. we, that's, and that's the only point where we're going to disagree. And the point is, I do, uh, I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't think what I said about Paholke last time was the fact that I liked the things that he did. He just doesn't do enough, and he hasn't got leg speed. So the point is, that's always one that's going to, that leaves him open all the time. I agree that McKay shouldn't have uh, McDavid. I don't know whether he calls himself McKay or McKay, whichever one he wants to be. He can be either. Um, I would have had Lockie Scholl in there. And uh, I also, I'm no Hardigan fan, and we've, got, we've had butts here. What I can see clearly, what they tried to do was to have a, a stronger, as strong a defence as they possibly could, um, making sure that Hamill got it, uh, a run, and I thought he was really good. Um, but it's a question mark of how much he wanted to get beat by. It's a question. That's that's really the, the answer to well, it. Macca, at no. the moment, we're sit- and Nick, you, you can have a say in a sec, but I'll just rebut Macca for a sec. There's a team running around called GWS who did nothing but play kids for three years and 
by year five that they were contending. They got absolutely beaten up in their first three years. Similar and percentage to ours. Similar percentage to ours. Not similar. Not similar. Because they the were down at fifty percent. Their kids were were picked from one to thirteen. They had they got had, remember they had twelve picks in the first sixteen or something like that. So these were kids that with with oodles of talent. Still we kids, don't have, mate. We've Still got some kids. talented kids, but they're not at that particular level. So it's not quite the same thing. It doesn't matter. The, the, like if you have Matthew, in my opinion, Matthew Nix has got to come up with a game plan, pick on form and favour youth over experience. Now, I've got no problems with a Rory Sloan or a Matt Crouch or a Brad Crouch being in the game if they're playing well, Macca, if they're playing well. But if they don't deserve to be there, they don't get picked in my view. It doesn't... Well, they picked DMAC for experience in the back line. It was an absolute ridiculous thing because DMAC well, got ragged. I'm agreeing with you on that one. Yeah, I know, totally but, agree. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the example. Matt Crouch had no impact on the game in a positive way. He had a, he had a massive negative impact on the game, and he cost Miles oh, yeah. Baholke another game, right? Well, I think so he's very harsh on his game. He, he wasn't... Look, oh, wait, he, wait until I show you some video highlights, <laughs> mate. There's, there's absolutely nothing to be harsh about with Matthew Crouch. He burnt it and burnt it and burnt it and burnt it all freaking day. All oh, day. Yeah. So can, can I have my Go for rebuttal? it, mate. Oh, specifically, oh God. No, specifically this whole thing about Paholke. Yep. You said, Maka, the problem is that he doesn't do it enough and he shows things. That's because we play him on the fucking half forward line and not in the midfield. Oh, we do that because No, no, no. We do that because we have to have Crouch, Crouch and Sloan in the middle. Now, Matt Crouch cannot mark the ball over his head. Brad Crouch cannot mark the ball over his head. Paholke can. Paholke is a marking midfielder. The reason why our forwards have to push so far up the ground is because our midfield are not able to be those marking targets like other teams do out of defence. That transition out of defence, they can use. So what West Coast did, they can use those taller, those better marking midfielders that they do have. If Even if they don't get it, they can bring it to ground and they've got midfielders that run and have speed and know how to actually scout a ball around a pack, which then means they can leave their forwards back to create space and they can lead into it. And we saw so many times on the weekend exactly how effective that was. Because we're not putting Paholke in the freaking guts where he belongs to play there for the majority of the game, and instead we're putting in Matt Crouch, who just, as Phoenix said, kept turning the ball over. He kept making stupid decisions, stupid decisions. He's a senior player. He needs to pull his head out. He did not deserve to come back into the team and he well, did not deserve to stay on there in there on form. Now take a breath and have some air, Nikki. Um, hey, Mac. Uh, hey, Mac. Mac, who do you reckon will win a foot race out of Matt Crouch and Miles Baholke? Who well, do you reckon I'll tell you, win a hundred meter I've sprint? I've got the time to wait for the result, mate. You know, it's going to be a pretty slow race. Well, there uh, you go. There you go. So why not play one, the, kid? the one instinctively finds the ball a lot better than the other and turns it over. Not and turns it over. What was, it, what was his efficiency rating? His efficiency rating doesn't mean shit, Macca, because every time he you kicked know it's the, the ball, you know it's in the seventies. 
Hang on, yeah, but every time he kicked the ball well, forward, every time he kicked the ball forward, he turned it over, and he wasn't well, an awful. Apologise for your opinion, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I know, but like, we've also got an opinion, and I, oh, I understand that. Matt, Matt, Matt Crouch was not constructive in any way. Every time he got the ball, and I've watched this game twice. Every t- and the second time I watched it, I watched it almost in bloody slow motion. So every time Matt Crouch got the ball, it was at the defensive side of the pack, and his first instinct is to look sideways and backwards if he doesn't hear Brad's voice, right? As soon as he's forced to kick, he does not hit up a diagonal target. He does not make an aggressive move forward. He's got no burst speed to break a tackle, right? So all he does is kick down the line with a floaty drop punt. Half the time, it's not even to the advantage of our player, and and once or twice, it's out on the full. A lot of the time, it's a direct turnover. Now, Matt Crouch, particularly in the first half, worked very hard to get to contests. He he only, I think he only, I think he only attended one, maybe two center clearances for the whole game. So he was he was uh, playing outside. He was on a wing a lot of the time. And his opponent was often Elliot Yeo. Now, you go back and have a look at the third quarter and see who cut us up for West Coast yeah, yeah, no, in the third did. quarter. Okay. Elliot Yeo had spent time on Matt Crouch and Rory Sloan, and he killed them both. Both those players yeah. should not have been playing. Well, I thought Rory Sloan in particular uh, shouldn't have been playing. There's no doubt he wasn't fit because I remember when he was standing on Yeo, uh, Yeo embarrassed him there several times. Anyway, let's... uh... That's just a difference of opinion. Um, We're really talking about... You're talking about Polky getting another chance. He probably does deserve another chance, but he'd have to do a damn sight better than 10 positions if you're going to hold your your place in the song. You can't can't hang the kid if he's not given the opportunity to play where he's supposed to be playing. How how do you feel about Chase Jones? Putting young kids in, we're playing some of them in the positions they should be. But if they're a midfielder, Chase Jones needs to be spending more time in the midfield. They've, he did. They're slow, they're, yeah, they're slowly starting to do it. And look what happens when you put him in the midfield. We actually look better. But Nicky, we really agree on that. I know the way he and McHenry and Paholke work together. I have watched the three of them work together in the SANFL, and they're actually a moving midfield. But it's the AFL now we're talking about. And I don't yeah, but really think Paholke is good enough. Coached, but they're being coached. The way that means what that means is they've worked together. They know as to who goes in, who goes out, and they can read each other's play. And they're actually coached to the AFL game plan in the SANFL. Yes, they're playing against SANFL midfields, but these are kids, and Maka, they're, they're playing Maka, against what some, does, some pretty what, bloody strong bodies. Who made your clock up today? Jesus, bloody tight. Um, well, if you're going to talk I, shit, Macca, then like we're going to we're going to smash it. And at the moment, no, I, I'm not talking opinion- shit. But Hulky is not good enough for <laughs> AFL. Oh, well, on what basis? On what basis? Because he's slow. He's got, he hasn't got good leg speed, and right. he But you want Matt Crouch to play every week? Me pun? But you want Matt Crouch to play every week? I want and, Matt and, to Brad, play and Brad Crouch. I'm happy to trade him at the end of the season and get a good draft pick. So no, why not no, play Miles Paholke? Well, what, what about playing Miles Paholke and see if he's an AFL player you instead of get, playing him? Look. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's averaging just as many disposals and possessions as Chase is, right? 
and he spent half the time not playing in in position. So he, he has he a he has a completely he for some of the time he played a lot of it forward too. But the thing of it is, Mac, that until you give the kid a few games, how are you going to know? You've got All to right. give the kid a chance to play in his position for a period of time. Fraser, um, Fisher Mackesy looked a lot better today, uh, yesterday, right, against one of the premier um, defenders in the competition. But in Fisher's first couple of games, he looked bloody shithouse. He was getting outmarked by bloody Marshall from Port, for God's sake, right, who's a tweak. Yeah. Chase Jones hasn't really done much until he's been moved into the midfield and given a run. You know, Will Hamill, we didn't know anything about Will Hamill. All of a sudden he bursts on the scene and and he's playing good football after not getting a chance. You've got to give kids a chance to find their feet. Hey, I'm totally in the same camp as that. We're not arguing about that. We're arguing about whether we... The only argument we're talking about is... You're you're saying Pahogi should be in the side and a more experienced campaigner should be out. I'm saying... And can I, and and the difference of opinion is, I've seen Polky. He must have played about eight, ten, eight to ten games now. I've never been happy with any one of his games that he's going to be good enough to be a long term AFL footballer in, in a in a side that's good enough to win flags long term. So All right, let's leave it my, there. That's where my let's leave it is. there. All right, let's look at some head to head stats, shall we? And uh, we'll just run through them briefly, and then we'll look at some charts. Um, disposals we were 40 down 284 to uh, uh, sorry 40 up 324 to 284 so we have plenty of the ball uh, and most of it was handball 144 handballs to 104 um, our kick to handball ratio again um, uh, far too high in my opinion um, and it showed that we were generally hand- handballing out of panic um, it wasn't constructive handball the majority of the time. Except uh, that one brilliant streak down the outer side there. We started in defence and they actually used handball as a weapon to a player running forward and uh, it was very good. And we tried to repeat it after that, but we, but we couldn't. We don't have the ability at this stage to change our game plan well, from that defence. I we're, disagree. We're, we're exceptional. We're exceptional. We're exceptional at handballing to our feet. Well, you've got to hit the We've been doing it for years. We just keep handballing at our feet. It's an elementary part of the game, Nikki. Got to, you have to give the, the player you're giving the ball every opportunity to take it at full speed so that they've got the opportunity in turn to use it. And yeah. when you do it at their feet or you do it slightly behind them or you build it at 100 mile an hour when you're only two metres away, that's when it all comes unstuck. But we, there was some... Good signs with it, Fiend, but we did overdo it, no doubt about yeah, that. We, we, there was a lot of defensive handball, um, and unfortunately we only had one senior player that was willing to run, and that was Brodie Smith. Um, no, uh, two, none of Ham- and Hamill. One senior player uh, that was prepared oh, okay. to run, uh, which was Brodie Smith. None of our other senior players, Mac, are capable of running, um, which is well, why that's, you correct, get... Actually. Yeah, like Matt Crouch... Um, not capable of running, uh, not capable of running, uh, and therefore Rory Slade, captain, not capable of running. Absolutely, and dead set injured, shouldn't be playing. Um, the simple fact is, as soon as West Coast tightened up on Brody Smith, and to his credit, Brody Smith kept persevering all day. Right. Uh, but as but as soon as uh, West Coast tightened up on Brody, 
we lost that run through the centre corridor that we had in the first quarter um, and it started going a little bit loopy wide and all that sort of stuff. So we did. I think we overpossessed in the end, um, and we didn't really have a method into our forward lines. So every everything broke down at half forward. Everything broke down at half forward, uh, and we'll come to that. We, we were dominating play in those those repeat entries. It's just like, can we just have a little bit of well, system in have, line? That would be I, fabulous. Oh, hang I wouldn't on. say we repeat. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say repeat entries. Uh, I would say oh, repeat. Second. Re- repeat to about half forward um we only yeah. had 24 inside 50s do you know i think i think this is right i think we only had 17 possessions in our forward 50 for the whole game 17 possessions in our forward 50 for the whole game that's not a lot is it? <laughs> That's pathetic. That's only about four a quarter thing. We had 324 possessions. We had 24 inside 50s. And we had 17 possessions in our forward 50 for the whole game. Yeah, that is pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. Uh, Marks 102 to 90, uh, which is quite surprising given how much we handballed the ball. Um, tackles were fairly even, 41 to 44. Hitouts, uh, Riley O'Brien got towed up by uh, Nick Nat in the centre bounces. Did a little bit better around the ground at stoppage and certainly I felt had the better of Nick Nat um, in general play yeah, in terms field of play. Uh, field play. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, as much as Riley copped a bit for his unfortunate tweet um, and Nick Nat dominates everyone at centre bounces because he's got such a ridiculous leap I actually felt that Riley was true to his match notes I, I felt like yeah. he worked Nick Nat very hard around the ground he beat him in the air and I felt like in general play he had he had more of an impact yes and the, and the only time Nick Nat was actually kind of good around the ground was when Riley O'Brien was off because they've had because they had to sit Nick Nat down because he can't last on field as long as what Rob does, so no, they would sit him for the middle of the quarter whilst Rob kept playing. Yeah, well, the unfortunate thing. The, the, the unfortunate. Well, he did play. He was absolutely true to his note, thing. You know, hundred percent right. Mm. The unfortunate thing for Riley is that when Allen came on, uh, unfortunately Riley didn't dominate Allen as as he should have. Um, I, I felt like that was the probably the the most disappointing part for me was that when Nick Nat sat down. We didn't get any ascendancy in the ruck, and I felt like that was the opportunity for O'Brien to assert himself and for us to get some takeaways from those stoppages, uh, and it didn't really pan out that way. But R- Rob's good around the air, uh, good around the ground, I should say, uh, but someone needs to get into him, and I don't know whether Matty Clark's going to be the guy, to be honest. Um, thanks. Right. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to buy it again, Faye. No, that's fine. Clearances, uh, we got towed up 28 to 17. Uh, rebound 50s, 19 to 38. That's not surprising given and, how... And, and that was... And the clearances, that shows exactly how useless Brad Crouch actually is. Um, because whilst we were... Keys was doing a really good job on Gaff, and so Gaff was sacrificing his game. 
which yeah. meant Brad Crouch, Brad Crouch was then matched up against Tim Kelly. Except and, yeah, and you're Kelly one... absolutely pantsed him. Well, you're missing one thing, of course, uh, Nicky, uh, as usual. And the fact is that Nick Nat was getting the taps at the centre bounce and he was directing them to the space that Gaffer was originally occupying and then moving out of, taking keys with him. Which and that, and that was run into. freaking obvious. So why aren't our midfielders getting to that space instead of standing flat-footed and going, oh, where's the ball going to go? It isn't I, I, just the midfielders. <clears throat> you're right about that, and I totally agree with you. There are things called coaches, allegedly, and I, and I just cannot believe that, that that was allowed to continue all day. Uh, well, it only not only happened twice, um, only happened twice. Uh, the rest of the time, the rest of the time, um, what actually happened in the midfield was sheer laziness. A couple of times, yep. um, uh, blokes allowing their op- their opponent to run in off the wing unchecked. A couple of times uh, that did happen. Yep, I saw that. A couple of times the Crouchers were ball watching, and uh, Tim Kelly in particular took advantage of a couple of times where he caught Brad Crouch on the defensive side, just pushed off him, and uh, you know ran yeah. through. And that, that's um, what I was talking about. But the centre clearances, actually, when you actually go and inspect them, uh, whilst uh, West Coast dominated them in numbers, they weren't terribly decisive. To be perfectly frank. They weren't terribly no, a, decisive. A bit of pressure there. It was a bit of pressure. Yeah. Uh, so it probably looked a little bit worse statistically than what it actually was, and it certainly didn't cost us the game, to be perfectly honest. Not from where I was looking at it anyway, and not not uh, on review either. Uh, that w- notwithstanding, what I will say is that um, I don't know whether Brad 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 uh, Brad is not a very proactive midfielder, um, Mac. He um, he doesn't anticipate very well at all, and he is consistently on the defensive side uh, of his opponent, um, and it's very noticeable. And when he does actually find himself on the attack side uh, and first to the ball, as I've mentioned a thousand times, he lacks any sort of burst speed. And the one thing that I noticed quite... Um, continually during the game was that West Coast midfielder on the move whereas we tend to be planted and flat footed yeah, quite often well yeah, um, I, I thought I, they obviously were absolutely hopeless I don't know what to say because they, of course they have, they have moments where they, they and quite sometimes more bigger moments but they do some good things so I, I think we just bash them a bit too much no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the centre clearances, and I'm actually saying that it's not. It wasn't uh, like Rory Sloan and David McKay on both wings were both um, offenders of letting letting their opponents run into the constantly, into the contest. absolutely constantly. Yep. Um, Rory Sloan shouldn't have been there. Um, simple as that. Um, so it, I'm not saying that the Crouchers necessarily had a bad game in centre clearance. Because I think it wasn't as decisive as what the stats made it out to be, and I and felt I, like I'm they were. With that, yeah. I, I felt like they were competitive, but I think there are some fundamental things that they do that don't allow us to get decisive, um, decisive clearances from the centre. Uh, but that being said, I don't think centre clearances are as fundamentally important as stoppage clearances. And stoppage clearances is where we often get left 
behind because we are flat-footed. And it also it also uh, relates to your structure, and it also relates to the fact of how you've set up and and whether the ruckman is actually hitting the ball to where you've set up as well. So uh, it, there's a lot of factors come into it apart from that. And yeah. uh, you're right, leg speed becomes important, then, particularly if it's going to be like a surprise to all parties. Yeah. Um, like, uh, and a good example of that is I, I really do like Warple, who plays for Hawthorne. He's a really quick, nippy little. Uh, Very rover, explosive, and, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, he he is he's the type of player I'd like to have in our midfield, but we haven't got him. That's got in him. That, that's well, the problem. Well, we do. Jones, We've got a bloke called Chase Jones. Yeah, and um, Jones and Jones is now being given that opportunity, and he's got yeah. to be uh, he's got to be treated as if he is our premier midfield. Well, so, that's I was going to say that Mac because at the moment he's often on the defensive side, and Brad Crouch tends to be the one that is the primary midfielder in terms of being in the hit zone. Yeah, yeah I would and reverse I, that. I, would I think we yet, need to mess that and around. Yet, as yeah. you said, Fien, Brad's often still ball-watching or he's flat-footed or his man's pushed off him and just to run through cleanly. I, Brett, I'm with you. I would much prefer Chase there yeah. and piss Brad out. Yeah, Brad, I, 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 I've already stated that. I, and I wouldn't piss him off out of the midfield, but no, um, no, what no. I'm saying is Chase Jones would be my attack, uh, my attack player. Yeah. Uh, Brad's biggest problem, in my opinion, in, in the centre um, clearances is that if the ball doesn't come to his side, he stops. He doesn't. He, he's either ball-watching or he's frozen in some way. He doesn't seem to... Like, he, he likes to get body, and he likes, if the ball comes into his area, he's fairly strong... You know, in the with his opponent, but if the ball goes to the other side, that's where his opponent can get away from him because his opponent tends to react a lot quicker than he does. He often tends to be quite flat-footed um, and sort of frozen on the spot. He doesn't. He's not very reactive to, you know, the, the ball not going up straight or the opposition ruckman getting on top or whatever. You know, so that's where Brad's biggest problem is in centre. He actually likes a competitive ball. That's the, that's basically what he and that really is uh, supports your uh, theory that he shouldn't be the man who is the clearance king. Uh, he's he's he should be the contesting one to get it out to that player. Yeah, um, I'm going to just show a little bit of video. So I don't know whether the two of you have access to um, <clears throat> to watch the Facebook or YouTube feed, but. Um, I think. Well, I don't dare put Facebook on, mate. That I'll get all these bloody people <laughs> sending messages all the time. Whatever. So I'll I'll talk through this, and uh, we'll just start with um, general moves inside forward, and I'll try and describe what's going on. So the first one here, um, we've got a situation where we're uh, West Coast are coming out of our back line. And uh, it's on the outer side. And uh, they just kick it down the line. And this is the one where um, McPherson tackles, uh, I think it was Waterman. Now, at this point here, Matt Crouch has given a good handball inside. Right? So the ball's been on... The play has been on the left-hand side of our forward line. Matt Crouch is now handballed into the corridor, and I think it's to Brad. Yes, it is. Brad has now kicked it forward to a two-on-two with two Eagles players roving the pack and no other Crows player there. 
where if he had actually kicked to the fat side of the ground, it could have allowed for either Stengel or McCadden. I remember the, yeah, I do remember um, that incident actually. Yep, to lead into the ground. So that's the first one, and as a consequence, uh, the ball clears out to that fat side. The second one is Rory Sloan kicking it now. Let me stop it there. So this is one where Rory Sloan had it about 70 or 80 out, just forward of the wing. And instead of going... like West Coast were stacking our forward line. Um, and you can see in this frame here that there's uh, more West Coast players than Crows players yeah. inside this section of the forward 50. The extra two players they were getting in there. That's right. So what Rory has done is actually kicked it into the... Into the uh, sort of the boundary side on, on the 50 to Ben Keys. Now, the better kick would have been to actually switch it around the outside of the arc and to try and freeze someone up on the fat side. But again, we've gone the easy kick. Sloan's kicked it to Keys, And Keys now has no real option but to just bomb it in, uh, which he does. He had a little hit-up option there to Laird that he didn't take. And again, there's three West Coast players going up. But they're and all no in front of Laird. It, no, so, were, Laird had space in front of him when Laird uh, led. Yeah, he did then, but, but where you had it paused, mm. every West Coast player was literally in front of a Crows forward. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that they'd, they'd covered it up. That's right. But what's happening in that situation, and we did it time after time, is we kept kicking it to the uh, crowded area of the forward 50. Right, it's not where, where Barras and McGovern. That's what they do best. That's right. We're not actually trying to uh, break open the forward fifty, and, and the comparison between our forward fifty and West Coast's was amazing, in terms of the yeah. space that Kennedy had to work in, compared to the the space that our blokes had to work in. And that's and that's as I said earlier. That's the it was such a contrast of what an effective midfield can do, and to me, this is why I actually don't want the Crouches in the team at all, because. Well, no, purely and simply because th- that actually showed what they can't do. They've never, ever been able to do it. They're not going to magically get it now. And well, where we've got the problem that, is Nick. into our forward line because our forwards have to push up and become the midfield. Well, you know what and then they turn around and like, we can't kick it to ourselves because we're all up. Nick, I disagree. Who you going to replace them with? No, no, let's not get into the individuals. I'm talking about general ball movement because this isn't individual players. This is game plan, right? This is coaching. That There's no way in a pink fit that Rory Sloan should have kicked that ball to Ben Keys. No way he should have kicked that ball. So there's, there's things not happening, right? First of all, Rory Sloan's first movement isn't into the corridor. Second, there's not enough movement to, pro- to provide him with options from behind from blokes like D-Mac and, and, and those sort of blokes from, from behind him. Third of all, there's no instinct from our forwards to actually all push all the way over to leave that goal side free so that there's space for the ball to be kicked in and moved into. All right, This is coaching. It's not about individuals. Here's another one where um, McPherson chips it into the middle, led into the middle again. It's a bit scrubby, um, but eventually we, Brody Smith works it out wide to Tommy Lynch. And McAsey marks it on that half-forward side about 80 metres out. And where I've paused it right now, you can see that McAdam, I think it's McAdam, has got about five metres worth of separation on his player. But um, Fisher's back is almost to him. 
So Fisher's taken that mark with about seven or eight metres clear and at no point has he thought, I'll turn and go. He's gone back over his mark. In the meantime, the the leader's ignored. Easy lead that would have been a shot on goal and Fisher's kicked it to a three-on-one and um, McGovern takes an easy mark. The next one is again, we've got... Uh, this this one here, this one's interesting. This is where Laird has kicked it in, and Frampton actually took the mark and kicked the goal. And there was a call a call miss for a hold or a block um, that should have been paid against one of our players, but Frampton McHenry. marked the goal. But I, but I want you to have a look at where McAdam is in this pack. Look where McAdam is. He's even out of frame right now. There are three Crows players and four West Coast players going for the ball. And McAdam is at the back of the pack. You can see it again in a minute. McAdam is right at the back of this pack. You can see him in the background there. Now, whilst we ended up kicking a goal, again, that was another situation where we kicked to a pack situation. And the difference... I think this was in the second quarter. And the difference between... McAdam in the second quarter or the first half and the second half is and it was good coaching by the Crows because they got McAdam to start leading so in the first half he was hanging at the back of packs looking for the big mark over the top not really making any opportunities for for his teammates but in the second half he got on his bike and started to give us some hit up leads and uh, give us more options so that was our ball ball movement into forward 50 and it's been such an issue for us and it was very clear to me on watching the replay that it's because we allow teams to choke up our forward 50 and we don't do anything to try and break that down we accept the fact that it's a crowded forward line and we don't chip the ball around the 50 arc we don't try and lead to the fat side of the ground we don't play to our strengths because we didn't really have uh, the personnel to outmark West Coast with two of the best um, aerial defenders in the comp in McGovern and Brass so we just kept kicking it to congestion and that's one of the reasons why we had so few possessions in our forward 50 because we never got near it we never got near it yeah and, and it was such poor delivery in there it was frustrating because you could see that don't kick it to Brass and McGovern. Like even that one you you played before of that there should have been that with McAdam and that nice little lead up to the side. You know, if Mackesy had turned, yes, that was um, a great little option. But McGovern had sweated off of him and he'd, he'd given up the mark. He'd actually given up that that lead. That's right. Um, because he knew we are going to kick to that other spot. And he came in and it, and it was McGovern who let McAdam run away and came in to, to do the intercept mark. But, is that we're two too thing, predictable. Two things happen all the time, Nikki, is we take marks across the 70 metre, you know, between wing and half forward, and we stop. And if Fisher, yeah. had turned and, if Fisher had turned and gone then, one or two things could have happened. He could have either um, laced it out to um, McAdam for a shot at goal, or he could have drawn McAdam to him and kicked over the top. There was a vacant goal square and one of the Adelaide players could have run in or Fisher could have actually had a shot for goal. But his first instinct, which is coaching, this is they, they do things 
by memory and and the memory is created by how they're drilled at, at training and the drills that they run yep. at training and the simple fact is at no stage and i'm not bagging the young kid i'm saying this is how they're coached because it wasn't just him that was just the best example they they take the ball 70 meters out and there's no lateral movement whatsoever they go back over their mark they look they look nothing's on meanwhile more players are, are, are filling into the defensive into the forward 50 and we just kick it on their heads and out it comes and the problem with when it comes out it's usually the opposition that are actually got the run on yeah because they've they've got those extra players in there we've not either chased or man them up or how we've actually then set up we haven't set up the wall properly enough to actually counter the run Mm. we've got and to me that comes back to how lazy our midfield are and in terms of as you identified defensively setting them up in the right position that they're too they're ball watching they're not anticipating what's going to come next yeah no that's not just the midfield that's the whole team nikki i was watching in the port adelaide game how, how well they brought the wall up when the ball was in their forward line and made it so hard for the opposition to get the ball out. Yeah. And and well, that's really, be, you know, and that's all about going to the, to the right zones, right spots, so that they there is no easy way out. And, and, you know, and, that, is, and that is that team defence that's being spoken about that we're apparently trying to do. Well, Correct, where? but it's not there. Where? But it's not Mac- there. Mac, there was one. I don't know whether I've got it on the on the thing, um, but there was one time I remember distinctly um, the ball going into our forward fifty and bouncing out fairly quickly with a with a quick kick kick from West Coast, and there was a line of three West Coast players ten meters in front of a line of three Adelaide players. Exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. And it happened consistently where we were just flat out out of position. Um, it was ridiculous. Anyway, the next little set of um, video I've got is just on our general ball movement uh, because I just thought at times it was shocking. So we'll just run through this again. Um, which one have we got here first? Oh, so this is just Tom Diday. This is the ball had actually gone out of our D50 and gone back into our D50, and dudes had taken the mark. And you'll notice <coughs> on the far side, um, you know, it's it's congested. But this is where, because the ball had gone out and come back in, the West Coast players were out of position at this point. And you can see two Crows players up the middle of the ground. And it, one is Sloan and I think the other one might be Laird. And there was plenty of room on the fat side of the ground, but neither of those two blokes actually gave dude any option to switch the play to the outer side to allow our blokes to actually take advantage down the fat side of the ground. You can you can see that Sloan is actually wanting to run into into the that congestion. area. Not- and Sloan Sloan features in a couple of these doing exactly the same thing, Nikki. It's a it's a good observation that you make. See, Dude wants to go left and eventually has to. He's go looking down that the line. way. Exactly. So he's, and, he's trying to, as a player, that's what you do. You're trying to dictate to your teammates is, I'm going to go this way, run yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. So the next one that comes up, uh, what's this? Uh, this is this is uh, McPherson. Uh, who's that? That's Luke Brown, I think. We go across the ground and Jake Kelly, has the he kicks it on to Will Hamill. Will Hamill turns and gives it to Rory Sloan. 
Now watch where Rory Sloan looks and gives the ball. He's looking down the line at this point. Right? Down the line, down the line, down the line. Doesn't look in the middle at all and ends up kicking it straight to the opponent. That was the point where we needed to actually switch the ball inside and split up that defensive um, zone that West Coast had set up. But Rory Sloan at no stage... Even though we had players in the middle, at no stage no, did he actually look was, in the middle of the ground. There was at the very, very start when he to it, he looked in the middle, but then you're right, he then just only looked down the line. Yeah. And there's also, I remember watching that going, Lynch, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He just saw his player run off and he went, oh, okay, they're going to mark it. I'm just going to stand yeah. here. So this is transition out of our defence. Um, and again, Brad Crouch uh, takes the ball and there's no movement whatsoever for him and so he goes sideways Jake Kelly no effort to move the ball on quickly but it's this one here McPherson hasn't got any options to his right so he just gives a little dinky kick to uh, I think it's Ben Keys. oh no it's uh, Rory Laird right so Rory Laird is immediately looking at the right place he's looking to cut the ball back inside He doesn't want to go down the ground. We've chipped, chipped, chipped down the outer side. We've drawn West Coast players to that boundary side. Rory Laird wants to kick the ball inside so that we can actually make a break. And watch where Rory Rory Sloan is. You can see him just top right, just underneath the Fox logo there. Rory Sloan is on Elliot Yeo. Elliot Yeo is 10 metres boundary side of Rory at this stage. Rory Sloan makes no effort at any stage to take advantage of the separation he's got on Elliot Yeo and actually turn around and give Lady an option in that centre corridor. And as a consequence, Lady's just got to go down the, down the ground. See, Sloaney is still nowhere, nowhere, Rory Sloan. Laird wants to go across the ground and in the end he's forced to go and kick it on Nick Nat's head. You know, and back it comes from Elliot Yeo, Rory Sloan's man, and they take a mark. Like, that's horrific. And even, even Lady does the right thing, is he actually runs out on the arc to create a little bit more space to give him that option that's... to get into the centre. But Rory Sloan there, right? Not only did he take advantage of Elliot... Uh, did, not only did he not take advantage of Elliot Yeo being 10 metres boundaries side of him, but then he didn't actually go and stand next to Yeo when the ball got kicked high down the line. And as a consequence, Yeo got the crumb off the bloody high kick and kick the ball forward and they get a goal out of it. So that's a real bad play by Rory Sloan there. This next one again, we can see uh, Kyle Hardigan uh, yelling at uh, whoever that is, uh, I think, I'm not sure who, they're probably Tiles, uh, to get it over on that outer side. We handball it in, it's really good transit, but DMAC right here. Right? Now, we've had, we've got Matt Crouch inside, We've got Chase Jones inside. We've got another bloke on the outside who's out of the picture. We've got a bloke leading boundary side out on the wing. And just out of picture, we've got a a bloke on the inside. Now, of all the options that David McKay could choose in this spot, he chose to go to the inboard kick where there were two West Coast Eagles players. Now, all he needed to do was to keep running and draw that guy, that West Coast guy, and get it over the top, over the top to chase, 
or kick it to the guy on the wing and allow Chase and Matt Crouch to run forward. But instead, David McKay has kicked around his body, kicked it to a, to an open area where there's two West Coast players, and we'll just see what the result is. Everyone's out of position. West Coast get the ball back. Elliot Yeo again, just for shits and giggles. And Liam Ryan takes them up. Right. And I think you, you can actually put um, most of that on Talia because you can see Talia behind him. He's telling him to kick it to there. No, but I, no, I don't think you can put that on Talia. David McKay has got the ball in hand, and this again is coaching. This is system, Nikki. This Correct. is what to do but when that's I've Talia got the ball. Him to do it too. Yeah. That's part of that system. Yeah, I, know, I understand that, but they are drilled to do certain things in ter- cer- at certain times under certain circumstances. And there's no way that D-Max should have kicked the ball where he did. He had options. He had far better options he to did. create overlap. He could have used Chase to create yeah. overlap. He could have used Matt Crouch to create overlap. He could have kicked it down to the wing to that guy, whoever it was, and created overlap, allowed Chase Jones to come through. It was by by kicking it where he did, he took those three players out of the play and brought three West Coast Eagles players into the play. Now, this is David McKay, who has played over 200 games of football for us, right? This is why, supposedly, we brought David McKay into the team for experience. And that's what he dishes up. And that's why I don't have any time for the selection of DMAC because he'll give you an honest go. But in terms of experience, he doesn't add any value whatsoever. Next no, one. He's, well, I do agree with that. Nicky, Lucky Shoal should have been playing there. Next yeah. one, we're over. Uh, we've kicked it wide to uh, Daniel Talia, and at this point in time, Daniel Talia is twenty-five meters in the clear. Twenty-five meters in the clear, with Jake Kelly about ten meters away from him, running towards uh, him as well. Watch what happens. Daniel Talia at no stage made any effort to move the ball forward. He just allowed that West Coast player to come onto the mark. And Jake Kelly at no stage is trying to move into a positive position for Daniel Talia. He doesn't offer the shepherd of the guy on the mark. He doesn't offer the short diagonal option that he could have offered. You watch where Jake Kelly goes. Right, Jake Kelly goes to the side of Daniel Talia. Daniel Talia now has no other option but to go down the line and watch where Talia Talia kicks it because he's run out of time. He's been called to play on. Where's the Crows player? Where is the Crows player here? There is none. It's West Coast Eagles by two. Hearn gets it and away we go again. I mean, these are all experienced players making um, making these decisions. They're all experienced players, and I'm wondering whether the difficulty that Matthew Nix is having is not getting the new players to play well, is getting the old players to learn a new system, because that was very much 2018, 2019, and it just doesn't work for us anymore. The game has changed, teams have changed, um, and the way that we move the ball is slow and sideways, and it's not aggressive. Actually, I think you hit a very uh, hit it right on the nail there, Fane. Is the fact that, and it is our uh, 
it is the senior players who are struggling to get into a, a different rhythm and a different game plan because the young boys, um, and then that's Hamill, for example, just showed it straight away when the minute he came in. I thought, you know, um, McPherson wasn't uh, lost to trying to do it. But uh, the, the senior players, like Talia and Kelly, etc., they, they, they are doing the same as they used to do, but we don't have the quality all over the ground to, to capitalise on the ball and do the different things. We used to cut different angles and all the rest of it. That's, that's gone. We don't have that up forward. So yeah, they're, doing, they're doing the same thing as they used to do, but it just doesn't work. It just gets us into trouble. One one of the reasons, Mac, is that we just we're not it's work rate, I believe, to a large yep. degree. Agree. I, I think it's work rate. I think we're not having the players run to the spots that they used to run to. Um, you know, we're not making those angles. We're not making those aggressive. No, they're not. No, they're not. Definitely not. We're, we're not leading up. You know, it's very stagnant. It's very reactive. It's it's you know it's that we look like a team that's out of ideas, which is often the case when players aren't moving. You know, Tom Lynch and offered us next that, to nothing in that. Sorry, regard. I was just going to say that can only work though, Fiend, if there's like uh, one player can't run to the thing. You need about like three of them going in different directions so that Absolutely. they can't defend it, and that that comes back to work rate as a team. Well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier in terms of the centre clearances where Gaff was actually running away from the hit zone to create space. And West Coast Ooh. also did it very well in their forward 50 where if a bloke if a bloke was in the V in front of um, Kennedy when the ball was coming in, he got the hell out of there. He yeah, just exactly. got out of it. You know, he either gave a dummy lead or he just he just got out of there. They're, they're so good at giving their forward space. Um, and um, unfortunately, we're not... The last little bit uh, that I wanted to show is just a, a bit of a uh, match-up of some of our senior players' efforts because I really do think that, by and large, our se- senior players are cooked. Um, so we'll just... And this isn't... I'm not trying to bag anyone. I'm just trying to trying to identify where it is that we're going on. This one's a centre clearance. Um, and you can see here that... Like, look where Matt Crouch is... Uh, and unfortunately I can't rewind it because I didn't set up the hotkey but Matt Crouch started off with uh, I think it was Tim Kelly uh, on the defensive side Um, but by the time Nick Nat has tapped the ball Tim Kelly has got separation on him Matt Matt Crouch has not been able to stay with him and as a result uh, it's not Tim Kelly it's um, is that Gaff number four or the other bloke Who's number four for them? I can't. Anyway, it was a West Coast player uh, was able to break free from Matt quite easily, um, and that was the only time that Matt I think was in the centre clearance and he got absolutely cleaned up. Um, and as a consequence, the ball went forward, and uh, you know away we go. The next one here is Ellie. Oh, this one, this one, Macca. This one right here. Elliot Yeo kicks a hospital ball to his teammate running along the wing and David McKay is coming the other way. So you would expect that there's body contact. David McKay intentionally misses him. Intentionally misses him. I remember that. I do remember that. Now this is a senior player, a senior player, and we all know that when you've got the opportunity to hurt the opposition, I don't mean uh, illegally, but I mean in the course of the game, 
you got to hurt them. And David McKay needed needed to hit that guy with his hip and shoulder and take the mark. Instead, he missed him altogether. Missed him altogether, and the guy was actually able to to crumb his own his own uh, fumble. Terrible by Dmac. This one here is a situation where the ball's in dispute on our half back line, um, and there's a it's a comedy of errors. This one, if I remember rightly, we've got Sloney shoveling the ball out. Um, eventually, the ball is sho- uh, kicked forward by Tim Kelly. Hardigan jogs to the boundary line. Liam, um, what's his name? pulls it back in and Kennedy snaps the goal you know Hardigan is in our team as a senior player Sloan is in our team as a senior player and that effort from Hardigan he should have been dragged after that there's no way there's no way that that ball should have not gone through for for a rush behind here's another one where we've got uh, the ball kicked out wide uh, to Talia Again, one of these stagnant plays where we've got um, McPherson over to Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch, under no pressure whatsoever, kicks it straight to uh, Jeremy McGovern. Under no pressure whatsoever, Matt. No I remember pressure that one. whatsoever. A disgraceful kick, yeah. Right, didn't give Tommy Lynch a chance. And as a consequence... There, there, was, there was quite a bit of yelling in my household when that occurred. Yeah. The interesting thing is, though, Fien, uh you raised it before, and the fact is that like Kennedy was... Uh, often able to mark the ball where it's just one-on-one where he's in a lead and there is nobody within any uh, range to interfere with it. You go take the absolute exact contrast down to Mackesy. For some reason, there's a great big lump of players around Mackesy and they're all these uh, uh, high-flying uh, markers. Yeah, but that's how West Coast play. They get behind the ball and that's what I was saying, Macca. They've got to separate to pull them out. Well, yeah, they've got to separate, but by the same token, the blokes ahead of the play, the blokes with the ball at half forward, need to need to spread the play. They need to actually... Like, you're not going to be able to spread the play if the only place it's going to go is into the forward pocket. You've got to actually spread the play. You know, you must have been away when I did the forward half analysis. But anyway, the extension of that uh, Matt Crouch turnover was Hardigan getting the ball um, in that same play. And look what our other senior player does. Just kicks it uh, straight to Rory, who misses McKay with a handball, who drops it. Like just a comedy of errors. The ball gets shoveled out. Brad Crouch gives a nice handball out wild to Matt. Matt's under no pressure whatsoever. Oh, we'll just pick out the West Coast guy again, Jeremy McGovern. Like, it's just a comedy of errors. Our senior players are not moving the ball to areas that they should move the ball. And as a consequence, West Coast here were able to spread the ball wide like we spoke about. And no one's running at this point. No one's running to cover their players. Luke Brown is miles behind. Jake Kelly is miles behind. The ball gets kicked in and Allen takes it in the goal square. Like, just costly. This one's a throw-in. You've got the situation here where Chase gets the ball and he gives a gives some burst speed. Did you I don't know whether you saw that, Matt, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um Jones able to burst away from his yeah, opponent, I, whereas Brad Crouch Brad Crouch would have been caught then. So Jones bursts away, gets gets some separation, 
doesn't give the first handball to Crouch, holds onto it and dodges play, then gives it to Crouch, but Crouch's first instinct, rather than to handball it to his opponent, who's in direct line uh, to his teammate in direct line of sight, Crouch's first um, instinct is to try and break a tackle. Now, if yeah. Crouch had given that ball to the bloke right yeah. in front of him, to McPherson, to McPherson, McPherson had a player to his to his inside into the corridor, and we would have been away. And then you also had Brody Smith, who could run around behind him. Exactly, but instead Brad tries to break that tackle, and as a consequence, the ball gets turned over. It's holding the ball, and they kick it into their forward line. This next one, we've got Nick Nat and Frampton rucking Nick Nat easily, easily, and you can see the separation. I'm sorry, I I should have uh, I should have started that one a bit earlier. But Matt, Cra- the guy that got the ball for West Coast, is now ten me- when he gives the ball over to his teammate, he's ten mate ten meters in front of I think it's Rory Sloan was his uh, direct opponent at that contest. Our midfielders are jogging. You can see them there. Yeah. Matt Crouch, Rory Sloan. I think it's Brody Smith on the other side. They're just jogging. West Coast are able to spread the ball, which is what they do. They go diagonally across the ground to open up the forward line, and then Kennedy can run into open space. Easy as you like. <coughs> this one, we've got Matt Crouch again with the ball. Because he'd get the ball quite often, Mac. Kicks the ball down the line, hospital-wise, to a two-on-one. What's Matt actually trying to achieve by kicking that to, to a two-on-one? I don't understand. But then he doesn't actually follow up, and it's only because of Day's good work that we're able to do it. Another one with... Brad Crouch trying to break a tackle after receiving a handball from Brody Smith where he had three teammates around him. Now, Brad Crouch hasn't got the ability or the power in his legs to be able to break that tackle and as a result he gets he gets uh, done holding the ball. These Those were our senior players and I didn't... In any of those clips there was not one... Um, uh, kid or rookie amongst them. They're all senior players making those mistakes, Macca. Now, what do you do with that? As If you're Matthew Nix, what do you do with that? Well, <laughs> um, as I've said before, you can't play 22 kids, and we don't have 22. Oh, Jesus, Nicky. Um, you look, you can do bloody anything, but you've got to be at least realistic. Um I, to me, the, the whole thing is, is it, start, it starts with the fact that, that, that I don't know what their game plan exactly is. And uh, from the point of view that you, in comments you already made, Fien, you probably don't either because half the team seem to be doing one thing and other things uh, are doing other things. There's no uh, coherent game plan. And therefore, we, we really look like most of the time we look like there's 18 individuals out there and then when they get the ball, then they try and do something. And, you know, I can see they say, sorry, pay the kids. I've, I've said a hundred times play the bloody kids, but you have to have a balance in the sense of if you're going to put uh, 18 kids out there, it's not going to go very well because they're not all ready for AFL football. Yeah, but and- the problem is, the problem is Macca, as seniors, as 
Phoenix has just shown you, our seniors are letting them down. Our seniors don't give a shit from that first bounce. They Nikki, don't Nikki, care. Therefore, Nikki. what that is actually doing is that is demoralising the kids more than actually putting them in with the other kids that they know that they've played with. We're still getting beaten. We're only kicking four goals a game. What is the use of those senior players when we're only kicking four goals a game and that is what our seniors are delivering? Nikki, you Nikki. sit them on. You sit them out of the game. You put those kids in because I, we're going to get a better effort, and I bet you we'll actually kick more than four goals a game. Look, I'm going to retire from this, but I can't get a fucking word in. I really, honestly, I don't know who we wound you up today, Nikki, because I have an opinion too, and I'm trying to say it, but I can't bloody get yeah, it but, out. Yeah, but you've said that same opinion, Nikki, and all, Nikki. It, all it is is you keep talking about the balance. Oh, for fuck's sake, Nikki. But we, but what Fiend just showed you, all of that vision he just showed you, is we don't have the balance now with those seniors in the side. The I'd like to make a statement. I'd like to get. Can't get it. I give up. That's it. Go what ahead, I'm to, What I am trying to say, if Nicky would shut up for one bloody minute, is the fact is that what Fiend has done, he has shown the errors that the senior players have made. What hasn't been shown is also the fact is those very same players have done some good things during the game as well because if it was only those things that were done for the whole bloody game we would have got done by 59 bloody goals not the score that we did so obviously there were some good things done as well but what feed is trying to illustrate is the fact is that we are pretty poor side when our seniors are also making this those same type of errors but nikki you're talking as if they never did one bloody good thing all day they didn't really Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, this is really getting right out of hand in terms of logic and common sense. You, no, you, it's not. The, the only one who actually really played well, and, and we talked about it at the start, was Smith. He's the uh, only one I could actually say had a good game. The rest of them, no. Nikki, you give me 12 replacements to put in there. Because you, you keep saying they don't play these seniors' plays. Give me no, 12 I'm, I'm talking about the midfield. I would get rid of, actually, I would get rid of Lynch. I would put Ben Davis in. I, you know, you know what? Ben Davis would be the listener Well, because we haven't given him a freaking chance because we keep playing Lynch. What did Lynch do on the weekend? If you're on a list for five years well, and you can't put Nikki, if you're on a list for five so years, you can't push your way in. Cross. I would put Paholke back in. No, I'd dispute that, Macca, the because there's a bloke called Jared Lyons who couldn't push his way in for five years, doing all right for Brisbane. And the reason he couldn't push his way in for five years is because of golden tickets handed to blokes who were picked regardless of form. And that's what I'm saying right now, is that there is no point picking a senior bloke if he's not in form. And I will not uh, agree with you about um, most of our senior players doing some good things, so they should be doing good things. There are senior players. They've played over 200 games. But of the senior players that played through the midfield, Matt and Brad didn't have a huge impact on the game. You know, let's look at some individual statistics. And I don't want to turn this into a shit fight, but I, I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat this for the for the sake of you know being all nice because the stats speak for themselves. There, there is absolutely no, um, there, there's no evidence that blokes like Brad and, and Matt Crouch had any positive influence on the game.
I've got nothing to say. Matt and Brad Crouch had, between them, 52 possessions and they had four score involvements. 52 possessions, four score involvements. Right? Now, if you uh, have a look at um, the uh, West Coast midfield, Dom Sheed had four score involvements, Tim Kelly had seven score involvements, Elliot Year had seven score involvements, Jack Redden had four score involvements, even their bloody Ruckman had seven score involvements. Right? Our premier midfielders had four score involvements from 52 possessions. Now, to me, that's just not good enough. We only had 20-odd inside 50s, Macca. You know, that tells me that our midfield is just not playing well enough. They are not providing a conduit from our defence to our attack. The ball movement examples that I showed... The only reason I showed the ones that I did, Macca, is because they were the most obvious ones, because we're not running a four-hour show. But the simple fact is that most of the ball movement errors, most of the indecision, most of the slow movement was caused by Kelly, Hardigan, Talia, Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, Rory Sloan. Those are the players who are guilty of kicking down the line of holding the ball up, of not transitioning the way that they should, and of not running defensively. Those are the players that are guilty of that. The evidence is right there. Go ahead and watch the game again. The bloke's trying to take the game on. Brody Smith, Will Hamill, Chase Jones, even David McKay to an extent. You know, they're the blokes that are at least trying to get the ball moving. But our senior players, who are supposed to be driving uh, our game plan and assisting the new players coming through, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, Macca. So I can't see any point in playing them. I really can't see any point. All right. Then uh, I'm obviously not going to get anywhere. I've been told I've got no idea in the chat. You guys think I've got no bloody idea. Just tell me, who are these people you're going to bring in? Well, Miles Bahoki could come in for Matt Crouch easily, right? He offers. He offers. He offers. There's no need to be rude. He, Matt Crouch. She's talked over me all night. Yeah, no, I understand that. Matt Crouch uh, offers nothing that Miles doesn't offer in terms of pace. I think Miles is just as strong in the contest. Miles can also work forward and kick a goal. So I would have Miles Baholke in instead of Matt Crouch. I'm happy to keep Brad in. I don't think he's been our worst player, and I think he's trying, but I think he does have some failings, and I really question his leg speed and his ability to uh, be a game-breaker through the midfield, Uh, but it is what it is. At the moment, Rory Sloan is too injured and cannot play. Cannot play at the moment, Rory Sloan. So he has to be out of the team. Um Geordie Butts needs to come in for Kyle Hardigan. Um, we need to understand what Geordie Butts can do at this level. Um, and we need to be able to bring in Ben Davis to understand what he can do at this level because at the moment he's only played two games, uh, two one-game stints, um, and has not one of them was in the graveyard at Geelong. Um, so we really haven't had an opportunity to see what Ben Davis can do. And at the moment... To be frank with you, Tommy Lynch is running around doing two-fifths of bugger all. 
Tom Lynch's score involvements for our for our lead up half forward, our link man, uh, three from seventeen possessions, and every time, I, I if I'd have had a drink for every time I saw Lynch five meters behind his opponent who marked the ball when the ball was coming out, then I would have been pissed by the end of the game. So Lynch isn't offering us anything at the moment. Ben Davis needs to come in. I don't care how much we're getting beaten by because we're getting beaten by those margins anyway, Mac. Well, in terms of what the changes I would make, in terms, I agree with McKay, and I would have Lockie Shile in there. I've already said about Hardigan, I'd, I'd have Butts in there. Um, the but the midfield is, and you have quite rightly uh, pointed out that uh, midfield didn't perform overly well, and you also pointed out that uh, they made plenty of errors. But then that is the one area that we don't have oodles of to to replace it. Um, if you know, I, I'm happy to hear, hear the names, but I don't know who's going to have uh, create a winning midfield that's not in that particular team at the moment. Schoenberger, I think, is is not ready for it yet. I don't think he's ready yet. Physically, um, I don't think he's ready. Well, the only not. change I'd make to our midfield rotation, Macca, is Matt Crouch out and Miles Bahoki in. Because well, you're right, we don't have the cattle. You know, we don't have the cattle to replace, you know, to do wholesale replacements. But I, I would shift uh, Will Hamill up to a wing and bring... Um, as as Shoal, would I, and bring Lucky Shoulder in the half-back flank. Lucky Shoulder yeah. half-back flank. Yeah, that's what I would do. We're on the same page there. And uh, yep. and the only the only good question is whether... The whole argument that's really revolved is whether Paholke is going to add something to the midfield that we don't have. And I'm saying my opinion is that he, he doesn't. The majority seem to be against me. That's fine. That's what opinions are. Well, I don't. I don't even. I don't even think it's an argument of is Miles better than Matt. I think the argument is we've had you know two hundred odd games of Matt, and of late we've seen what Matt's bringing. Um, and I think Miles Baholke deserves an opportunity, a block of games, not just a couple of games, but a block of games playing as um, you know our, uh, one of our midfield rotation. To be able to get the pace of the game, get the get the feel of the game from a, from a midfield point of view, and actually see if he can make an impact, because at the moment he really has had limited opportunities to do so. And I agree, he's got he's got some limitations. He's not the quickest bloke going around, but he's a nice kick and he's good overhead, and I think he runs to good positions. So I think he deserves an opportunity. Well, and, and when and when we had him in those um, other games, what we saw from Paholke was that he was one of those players who was always looking to bring it into the corridor. And he often forced our other players to run into the corridor because he's like, I'm not kicking it out there. I'm going in here. We're going to go down the guts. We're going to use the space and we're going to create space. That's what I like about Paholke. He is a lot more of a proactive midfielder than what Matt is. And that's why I want him in the side, and I'm much rather just push. Uh, Matt can go the way of Bryce Gibbs, play in the twos. I just don't Save think him. Matt's. I just don't think Matt's fit right now because when Matt was playing well, and I actually prefer Matt as a player over Brad. If I had to pick I one of the that. two, I, I would pick pick Matt Crouch because I think he's a he's a player that you can build a midfield around. But right now, he's got n- absolutely no leg speed. He's lost all confidence. Um, in his uh, ability to deliver the ball by foot 
And when you, I don't know whether you remember, Mac, but uh, a couple of years ago when he was All-Australian back in 2017, the big thing that we noticed in Matt Crouch's game that year, the difference uh, over previous years, was that he started to kick the ball more than five metres. We started to get twenty. We started to get twenty and thirty meter passes from Matt Crouch. Yes, and definitely. that's that's dried up again. That's dried up again. Well, the thing for me, the, where I, I, as I said, I'd be playing both Crouch, but they have to be in different rotations. They can't be in the same rotation, and, and unfortunately, so, that that, that no, did Macca, happen. No, 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 Matt Matt Crouch attended one centre bounce for the game. They were not in the same rotation at any stage. Not even in that. Not even that one because I thought I did see them in one centre bounce well, at least. One centre, one centre bounce. Matt Crouch attended for the whole game. So that's well, not an excuse. Matt Crouch got a lot of, got to a lot of um, contests around the ground. He worked hard. It wasn't a matter of him not being interested. He worked hard. He got to a lot of stoppages, but it's. It's his inability to break from those congested areas to be able to use the ball decisively by foot. That's his problem. And I pointed out to you that there are other players on the ground that are able to put in those five steps to get some separation, to give themselves a moment to be able to assess the situation and deliver. Matt Crouch cannot do that. All Matt Crouch can do is, is, um, is sit off the back of the pack and then kick a loopy ball down the line. Because he's he's got no fitness and he's got no confidence and and I don't know what's happened in terms of Matt's confidence, uh, uh, sorry Matt's fitness. But the simple fact is, so I reckon I could beat him in a hundred meter sprint at the moment. I reckon yeah, no, you he probably could too. And you cannot you cannot carry a bloke like that at the expense of a kid who is you know not much quicker but is quicker and stronger, and more dynamic, and better in the air, and can kick a goal. You just cannot keep a kid out under those circumstances. Well, he'll probably get a game next week anyhow, because I don't think Sloan will be playing next week. Yeah, but Miles Bahoki isn't isn't the right replacement for Rory Sloan. I understand that. But uh, who else will play? Well, like I said, we, we shift Hamill up to a wing and we bring in Lockie Shoal. Yeah. You and I would do that, but will they do that? Well, we're not. We we can only talk about what we would do. We don't. We're not mind readers. So, I mean, that's what we should do. Well, and, I'm certainly in favour of that. I've already put myself out on that, but I've yeah. apparently got no idea. But that's what I would do. No, no, no. Don't get shitty. It's like the. I think the only issue that there's a difference of opinion on is whether Miles Baholke is cooked as an AFL player, and I, I, my personal view is that. Um, I don't think he's been given the opportunity to really show us. You know, plenty Michael. of blokes, plenty of people thought that Cameron Ellis Yeoman was cooked as an AFL player. Plenty of people thought that Jared Lyons was cooked as an AFL player. What those blokes need is opportunities. Every time CY got an opportunity, a run of games, he actually did very well and we actually had good results. Jared Lyons all of a sudden gets an opportunity in a very strong midfield at Brisbane, and look what's happening. The big problem with Jared Lyons, in my opinion, was the fact, and he look, he was a good footballer, and he's one we let go. But the problem was again was mixing the centre, wasn't it? That uh, too many players with not enough uh, leg speed, and he was the one that suffered. Yeah, and I don't want to get bogged in that discussion. What I'm saying, Macca, is that you've got to give 
exploits opportunities to perform and you it it's a rare player that can walk in and hit the ground running in one game and the reason we know that's true is because everyone blows their load when Isaac Rankin comes in and in his first game kicks three goals because that's a rarity it doesn't happen like that usually these kids need a bit of time they need some continuity they need to understand how the game works they need to get a feel for the game etc etc Miles Baholke doesn't have hasn't had that he hasn't had that chance to be able to show his worth as a solid midfielder and I think the way Matt Crouch is going at the moment we're not we're not missing out on any anything by replacing Matt Crouch with Miles Baholke all right. He's not going to do any worse. Well, no more to add on that one. We uh, we differ, and that just uh, it's only on the one player actually we've been really arguing about all this time. Yeah, um, look, I think it's been a probably the most willing, touchy, pissed <laughs> off rap oh, we've yeah. had for a long, long time, um, and uh, it's been good. <laughs> You, you've just sat back and watched the tennis, the ball well, go over there. I mean, I don't know what you wanted me to do with that, really. I mean, <laughs> the simple fact is that you and Matt go head to head, and that's the end of it. It's not a word in yeah. each rights. But good points, Maze. Look, the, the, fact of, the simple fact of the matter is we're not playing very well at the moment. Uh, Matthew Nix has got a lot to do. I don't think he's coaching terribly well at the moment. He uh, has but the I worst think coaching panel in the league. He, he does. I feel sorry for Matthew Nick because we don't even know whether the guy can cope because he's got no. shit for support. He's got, That's right. He, he's totally lacking. And it's very interesting that he actually put out a cry for help during the week, uh, that he, uh, sorry, after the game, that he believes he needs more help. Now, yep. there's, I wanted to put, uh, pursue that particular point because when Nick came to us, he said he didn't want any more uh, help. And I think the reason for that was he's got specific people in mind and that they uh, that he wants to have as his uh, coaching panel, and they weren't available, obviously, because under contract. COVID has come along, and a lot of and, uh, all the teams have had to cut back their football department by up to forty percent. And in that, there have been some very good individuals have lost their job as uh, assistant coaches. Yeah, and my and I've got this feeling that the Knicks has noticed that there's some available that he would like, and that he's put his hand up trying to get hold of at least one of them. Well, it's an absolute must-macker, isn't it? I mean, we've been, unfortunately, stripped bare of a lot of coaching talent. Um, you know, at the moment, we've got Godden and we've got Ben Hart and then uh, Matty Clark and uh, then a bit of Brent Riley and... Who's the other one? One other one. I can't remember. You know, they're not... Uh, we've, well, at the moment, we've just got Ben Hart, Godden, um, Ben Riley's doing the defence. Yeah, see, we've lost a lot of coaching talent. We've lost Josh Franku, we've lost Marty Matner, we've lost David Teague. Thomas. Um, you know, uh, very, Paul Thomas. Lots of very good quality individuals. and uh, Massive amount. But apparently there are, there's quite a few out there in the marketing end, and I would think that certainly if, it, if he he may get one more this during this year because he's saying he needs help, And but I have no doubt that he, there's going to be a big turnaround in the assistant coaches at the end of the year and that uh, he'll have a new panel. At the moment, you don't know, I don't know, Nikki probably does because she knows a lot, um, that whether Nick's can coach or not. And, um, I've got no idea. 
Well, I, I've got no idea whether you can coach or not because how can you work it out? Because we don't even, we can't even, you can't tell me, uh, Fien, what the exact game plan is. Can't no, tell but that, that, was ex- that was exactly why I highlighted the things that I highlighted, Matt. Because I know you what, did. I, I, what I was saying, what I was saying is it's the senior players that are letting Matty Nix down. Matthew Nix needs those senior players to be the guiding force on the field, and at the moment, it's the it's the senior players, bar a bit of Brody Smith, that are actually doing exactly the opposite. I'm sure to what he wants to do. So um, I don't know whether he's just got no buy-in from the senior players, whether they're all one foot out the door, uh, whether they're all cooked mentally, whether they've got some physical issues in terms of fitness and niggles um you know i don't understand if uh, paul seedsman was carrying a hip through the pre-season why did we play him in round one like if if tex walker was carrying a hip and a knee for, uh, for the last month why are we playing him you so know, you're 100 right at all those issues that, that, you know rory rory sloan it, it's Shouldn't like he needs that yeah and then we hear from the, from the coach himself and this is what worries me we hear from the coach himself that it's Rory's call as to whether he plays. Now, you know, I mean, that's just not on. Matthew Nix needs to be stronger than that, and I think that's probably my biggest worry with Nixie is the fact that he that he doesn't appear to have... I'm not going to say the strength of character because that's not right. I don't know what his character's like. But he doesn't seem to be assertive enough to be able to say to our senior group, look, it's my way or the highway. And this is why, Macker, I'm, I'm, I'm hot on him favouring youth over experience because if if he hasn't got the senior players buy-in, and I really believe that he doesn't, then the only way he can get that buy-in is at selection because that will tell him which players want to fight their way back in and which players couldn't give a shit. And the players that couldn't give a shit, we don't need them around anyway and we certainly don't need them to be clogging up our best 22 when we could be putting uh, games into the kids. I, I, that's what I'm all about. We're 99% the same. We just disagree in one, that's all. Yeah. So, look, um, it's going to be interesting oh. to see how, how that pans out going forward because, uh, you know, it's one thing to want coaches. It's another thing to be able to attract them to the club too and be able to pay for them. And I know we've been going a very long time, but I just want to raise one particular issue, which is the thing that's really burning my ass at the moment. And it's this uh, <laughs> is Macca's curry. Yeah, and, <laughs> now, and this one concerns the board, and oh, I, God. Think, I think we need an independent review of our board, dude. It's and, not going to happen. No, seriously, because of the fact that we there were you know the guy that was the uh, chairman of the thirty sixes. Um, there, there was a lot of interest in getting him, but certain members of the current uh, board were opposed to him joining. And I know that one of the most useless members of the board, Jim Hazel, um, is the one is the one that's leading that particular charge. And but isn't Hazel stepping down? Yes, and he's got the audacity to come out publicly and say he he doesn't think he would add any, he doesn't know anything about it, he doesn't think he'd add anything to the board. Well, yeah. you know. Jim, you've been there all the bloody time. You're the deputy chair, and you've been part of this failure that's taken this club from playing in a grand final they should have won in, 19, uh, in uh, 2017 into one of the laughing stocks of the competition. So well done, Jim, and piss off and get out of there. Look, and to and, be honest, the, the, the bloke that they've brought in uh, doesn't, doesn't, uh, 
Doesn't really fill me with it much hope either. You know, he's got uh, extensive ties to the club. He's got Stephen Triggers, his CV, CEO of his uh, of his company. I mean, but it's not know. really the point. The point is that my, my, I reckon you know Chappie hasn't done the, all the right things. He told blatant lies about Pike's contract at that time. We're not paying any money. You know, you don't lie to the media and get away with it. You've got, and as I said, I don't rate Jim Hazel at all. That's my personal opinion. I've had dealings with him, and I know that, he, in my opinion, I'd be absolutely amazed if he added anything of quality to the board. I don't, and then we've got all these other people that uh, they, they, they're not—they're really non-football people. And, and to me, I just think I'd like to see uh, somebody say what would be a an excellent, an excellent mishmash of people on a board that could actually come up with a board that might actually take this club forward and then it might become a proper football team rather than what it is at the moment. Macca, until we until we actually have a situation where the board is elected by the members, we, nothing is going to change. If, if Chapman and co were able to get away with the fact that uh, they could deflect the review last year onto the football department, and away, and away from the executive. And if Mark Rusciuto could survive when two of the people that he employed got the sack in Brett Burton and Scott Camparelli and Don Pike, that's three, um, and Matt Haas was demoted, they had to go and bring in Steve Saunders to try and clean up that mess. Yes. You know, they're all, they're all appointments that are directly attributed to Mark Rusciuto. Correct. Mark Rashido is the, the director of football. He's the board director of football. He runs the show. He runs list management. Uh, he oversees the football department. How did Mark Rashido actually survive? The only reason Mark Rashido survived was he actually wasn't scrutinised as part of the review. The review started at the general manager of Footy Ops. Now, you say what you like about Brett Burton, but Brett Burton was only doing that job because he was appointed. Someone had to appoint him, and someone had to promote him after getting in into the club under weird circumstances in the first place. So, you're not going to get any argument about me uh, from me about the board, Mac. But until we have a member-elected situation, it's not going to change because our board is essentially Teflon, and it's made up of uh, Adelaide Club members and associates, and, and it will continue yeah, to be that way. Point, that's my whole it, point. That's my whole point. It will. It will continue to be that way because there will never be any impetus or any motivation and they the have overseen the demise of, and they've seen the overseen the demise of our club at the moment look they have overseen the change of the club from uh, you know the the early 2000s when 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 Stephen Trigg decided to make Neil Craig the coach for as far as the eye could see and put him on payroll that was the beginning of the end for me and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. But we're not going to see any change, mate. I'm resigned to that. I'm resigned to that, and uh, it's very disappointing. To me, to me, that that is one of the real problems we've got in the club, and I and it's going to be very difficult for the club to go forward now unless they do get a a, a really good chairman that can actually rustle up the board properly and make a couple of changes eventually. Uh, and on top of that, uh, I'd like to see a review of our. And I, and I suppose that did happen, but um, I'm really not sure how our, our drafting and etc. No, that's that, done. That that horse is bolted, Macca. 
that they every, that horse is bolder we had the opportunity to review our whole operation last year and apparently we did and we got a culture manager out of it and a, and a new general manager footy ops that's what and we Reed, got out and of Reed, it and Reid who is Rue's manager survived and, and, yes and, and a bunch of uh, disgruntled senior players by the looks um, so look I, the one that I have hope for is Adam Kelly I hope that he can actually uh, succeed in, in spite of the board um in my opinion it just takes one strong individual one strong individual macca and uh i hate to invoke his name all the time but phil walsh you, you saw the impact that phil walsh had on the club yeah and he was just a senior coach in my opinion it just takes one strong individual at a meaningful level of the club whether it be a coach whether it be a, a ceo whether it be a general manager of footy ops whether it be a club captain for that matter. But it just takes one strong individual to say enough is enough and give a shit about the board. We are just going to do these things the way we need to do them to win a premiership. And at the moment, I don't know who that person is and I don't know whether that person's actually at the club yet, um, but that's what we need because we're not we're not going to get wholesale change. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to, we're obviously going to have uh, a very good array of draft picks at the, uh, when it comes to the draft, and we cannot get that wrong. That's the point I'm really trying to get at. We do really Absolutely. have to get that right. But you know what, mate? Right, you know what, on. mate? Um, I really want to talk about the draft, um, but we've gone for two hours tonight because of you and bloody Nicky. Um, <laughs> so... So we're going to have to call it quits. We're going to have to call it quits tonight because uh, people are slowly dropping off. Um, look, thanks to everyone who has listened to us on Facebook and YouTube and uh, chatted on Discord. Um, I'll fix up the um, the title on YouTube and, and Facebook because I'm a bloody idiot. Thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you want to support the Crowcast, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Nikki, nice to have you back. <laughs> Where my head's actually working. Maka, nice to have you around. <laughs> Don't get salty. We will see not- everyone. We we will see everyone uh, next week uh, after oh. the game versus St Kilda. Isn't the game on Monday night though? Oh, I don't know. We'll work it so, out later. Uh, so we have work- to do a Tuesday. So we're going to do a Tuesday night cast? Look, you just messed up my outro. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll work it out. Keep your eye on socials. We'll work it out. It might be on Monday night. It might be on Tuesday night. I don't bloody know. But it'll be after the game sometime. i just got to go. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, lovely to have everyone again. Um... I don't know what I did then, but uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah, good night all. (laughs) See ya. Oh, you guys.
Can you take a bloody Valium next week, Nicky? 